What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stockin'. Just joshin'. I'ma spend this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top ten. Good morning, evening, or afternoon, whatever time you're tuning in with us. This is The Daily Dunk. I'm your host, Devin, and shout out, David. What's going on? What's up, buddy? Nothing much, man. Um, we're going to start off with the Brady debut with the Bucks. Um, what'd you think about that? So, look, I was extremely disappointed by Tom Brady's performance. Two interceptions, one pick six. It was clear that they had a lot of miscommunication between him and the wide receiving core, and overall, he didn't play well. Not just from a schematic standpoint, but just his mechanics and his ability to lead, it wasn't there. I agree. Brady's performance was subpar. Uh, that was a huge loss against the Saints, and Bruce Arians, even his own coach, ripped him to the media right after. Uh, so I think next week they're going to have to come back swinging and really develop their chemistry. Yeah, so look, w what it is, though, is they were playing against a really good Saints team, especially with... Uh, the two cornerbacks that they have, they're true number one corners. It's a great defense overall. It's going to be very tough for them to compete in the NFC South, especially against the Saints. I think the Falcons are going to be a lot better. They played a really good Seahawks team, even though they did lose. Uh, I think they showed up a lot. So it's going to be really hard for the Bucks to come out on top. And I can see this team underperforming going about 6-10, and 5-11. and 11. I think I'm going to have to go a little bit higher. I'd say 8-8, eight and eight, but mm -hmm. I feel like it's going to be a similar situation with what Cleveland has right now. You put a collection of really good players together, but there's no chemistry, and they're going to have to take time to form that. And I say a season or two is going to take them to get really going together. And moving on to Tom Brady's old team and Cam Newton's new team, what do you think of uh, his performance and debut with the Patriots? I was pleasantly surprised. I, I was really glad to see him basically succeeding uh, last year with the Carolina Panthers. He went inactive after about five games. It was clear he wasn't healthy. Now he's finally back full force. I am very uh, very wary of the amount of carries he had. He had 15 carries. He was very productive on those carries. However, I don't know if that's sustainable for a full season. By week 10, if he keeps on that pace, you're talking about 150 carries on a quarterback that's over 30 years old, that has had shoulder issues before, and has had other injuries. So I'm not excited at the prospect of him carrying the ball that many times. I agree. Um, I really do like uh, how Cam Newton plays, but at the same time, we understand he has had a history of previous injuries. At the same time, though, he was very productive on the ground. He had two rushing touchdowns, and obviously they won the game. Um, so I feel like as long as they can keep him safe, keep him protected, and make him a little bit more of a pocket passer, then I think it's going to be a pretty good season for them. But do you think that's going to actually happen, or do you think they're going to keep playing these run-pass options uh, the entire game? Like they uh, Honestly, I think, I think they're going to run him a little bit more, obviously because it's a new offense, and mm -hmm. People have to prepare against Cam for that, which is something they haven't had to prepare with Tom Brady beforehand. Um, but I think Belichick is going to try and make him pass a little bit more. Maybe dink and dunk, maybe go on long ball. But I think he's going to keep that element just because it's a little bit more unpredictable from Belichick. And moving on to the greatest choke job in NBA history, I'm going to have to say that the L.A. Clippers, um, they just got cut from going to the Western Conference Finals. And the performance was subpar at they best. Got, they got dropped. They got waved. Yeah, man, like <laughs> it's crazy. Um, we saw Patrick Beverly and I believe it was Montrezl Harrell um, and Lou Will when they were dancing and all that, waving Damian Lillard goodbye. And look at them now um, on their way to Cancun as well. So I think that uh, Kawhi Leonard, 
PG and Lou Wood, they combined for like 31 points, and they got outscored by Jamal Harris by himself with 40 points. Um, same thing with the production from Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. Very surprising, but um, I'm actually glad that they made it in. So, No, absolutely. Look, at the end of the day, they had them up against the wall 3-1, and the Nuggets said, uh-uh, not today, not tomorrow, not the day after that. I was very, very happy to see the Nuggets pretty much blow out the Clippers in Game 7. It goes to show that it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish, and that's what the Nuggets embodied. Not just not just Jamal, but uh, Jokic. He himself is a superstar coming up, and I'm really I'm, I'm worried for the Lakers. Uh, we were talking about this before, but I think the Clippers were probably a better squad than the Lakers. And now that the Nuggets proved that they're willing to go toe-to-toe with the big boys, the Lakers are in for a big surprise. It should be a series. It should be it's going to be a series. I think that um, I think we all expect LA to come out on top as they should. I mean, they have LeBron, and he's you know he's thirty five, but like look at the numbers he's putting up right now. You know, he's kind of in the conversation for the goat, obviously. So I think that I feel like the Lakers are expected to win, but I will not be surprised at all if the Nuggets pull this out in seven. I won't. So uh, who are you taking? Here's the thing: I like Denver. I really like what they're doing. I want to see Michael Porter Jr. in the finals. I'm gonna bet against them. I'm going to say Lakers in six. That's what I'm going to say. And every time I bet against them, they win. So if the Nuggets come out in seven, we'll not be surprised at all. See, and we're completely opposites. Like, I fully expect and kind of want the Lakers to win this, but I'm going to have to go ahead and take the Nuggets. Look, at the end of the day, I like exactly what they put up. I think they match up perfectly well against the Lakers. And I don't think the Lakers have as much firepower as the Nuggets. I think AD and Jokic... Uh, they kind of cancel each other out. Perhaps AD is a little bit better in terms of the ability to score, but I think LeBron's getting a little too old. I don't like Rondo. I don't trust him. I don't like Kuzma. I think he's good for 10 points, if that. I just like the pieces more that the Nuggets have. I think they're a better coached team, and they've been up against the wall, and they've proven it twice, down 3-1 in this playoffs. Got you, got you. We'll find out tomorrow for sure. Game one. Game one, let's go. And in other NBA news, um, the Heat and Bam Adebayo prevailed over the Boston Celtics. Um, Bam had a huge block, uh, probably one of the best we've seen in this playoffs. Best block in NBA playoff history. Mm, that is extremely Magic Johnson said debatable. That. I don't know if we can trust him, but uh, he's, Lakers kind of, can't. he's kind of biased, I feel. But um, I'm going to have to say that I was— Oh, because he hates the Celtics? Yeah, yeah, he hates the Celtics, anything Larry Bird, anything green besides money. Um, but— I'm going to have to say that this game, this series is going to go seven. I have Celtics in seven. Um, I just don't think that the Heat can handle all three uh, or even really all four. Just the production that the Celtics put out with Tatum, Brown, Hayward, uh, Walker. Like, there's just there's too much on that team. But I think it's going to go seven games. Yeah, no, I, I completely different take. I think the Heat's going to go ahead and close this out in five. Kemba Walker. Great regular season guy. There's a lot of people. Tony Romo, for example. Great regular season guy. But look at what he put up in game one, man. He he was atrocious. Atrocious? Atrocious. Atrocious. There you go. <laughs> he was horrible, man. I, I wouldn't trust him with $2, Ooh. let alone winning myself a playoff game. And that's Ooh. your point guard? That's your point guard? Like, come on. You can do better, Celtics. But here's the thing. Gordon, look, Gordon Hayward, I don't think he's going to get in the series. I think he's kind of really hoping out to get into the finals. But even then, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think, like, uh, hold on. 
I think this is what's going on. That the Miami Heat is going to live and die by the three with people like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic. They're going to be shooting these threes, and they're just going to rely on their great defense, especially by Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Buckets. They're going to just go ahead and make sure that they play a good, sound game, not make mistakes. Although, you know, that 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 does happen. But I think especially towards the end in game one, the Heat were really mistake-free. See, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I think the Heat are going to live and die by their defense. And I also think that you have to realize the Celtics are without Gordon Hayward, right? And they're also playing with, they're playing with Marcus Smart, Tatum, Kimball Walker, who had a bad game, a bad game. I don't trust him to have Jaylen a good Brown. game. So I think, see, I think that Walker with a good game, obviously they would have won. The Celtics would have won. It took that block and Walker having a bad game for the Heat to win. So I feel like you bring in Walker, a motivated Walker in game two, it's already over. Look, the Celtics are going to win a game. Hell, they might even win two. They're going to win but, but look, the Heat, the Heat got this. They have more experienced leadership in Jimmy Butler and especially Andre Iguodala, people that have been there, and they're going to go ahead and get this done. Look, but maybe I'm just biased, which Extremely. absolutely I am. Extremely. I'm biased to green because I like the money, but uh, we'll see in game two tomorrow. Celtics Heat. Um, <laughs> She walked away through a cheap pack of cigarettes Hard liquor mixed with a bit of intellect And all the boys, they were saying they were into it Such a pretty face on a pretty And we have ourselves a very special guest, Laura Edmonds from the FGCU women's golf team. She's a phenomenal player, and she's definitely a rising star over in the ASUN conference. Now, uh, Laura, let's go ahead and get the elephant out of the room. First of all, how has COVID affected your season, and how have you and your team adjusted to uh, all the regulations you have in place now because of COVID? Well, first of all, um, we got canceled last uh, spring. We got our conference cut out, uh, some several tournaments that we were left, and we basically try to do things. I think for me at least, and most of my teammates, we try to um, be with our families, uh, really enjoy that time out that we had. Uh, it was kind of sad because we were really wanting to get the conference and get the win. Um, but I mean, this affected everyone. It's not just us as FGCU, it's like the entire world. And for this season, we're hoping that we can get um, tournaments back for the spring. We are starting practice this weekend. Um, we're working out on that's have kind you, of- Have you played a lot of golf recently in the last few months? I practiced the, uh, probably for the last I don't know what was it uh four months um as I said like the first two months mm-hmm. since we get uh, caught off it was weird because most of the um golf courses and driving ranges were closed so there was like nowhere to go more than just hitting balls on my patio um so yeah I'm and Laura would you say this is about the longest um break you've been forced to take from the support Yes, definitely, yes. And, um, um, sorry, go on. No, yes. And, um, like, as unfortunate as it was, uh, was there any benefits to having such time off? You know, like spending time with family, um, maybe focusing a little bit more on a few things training-wise, or? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, as I said, um, spending time with my family is one of my like biggest things I, I love. Uh, I think everyone just enjoys having time off with their family. Um, it was kind of good and bad from both ways because I usually go back to Argentina uh, for a few weeks on the summer um, where uh, COVID this this um, summer didn't allow me to go. So it was <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah. So, Laura, as a sophomore, you finished second in back-to-back invitationals at the Johnny Imes and the Jupiter Women's Invitational. How does it feel to come so close to second back to back and still not being able to capture that victory? Um, I mean, I always play um, to get the win in every tournament. Mm -hmm. And just staying focused on what my goals are, I think that's how I played every tournament, not only in, in that one, it's just like trying to uh, achieve my goals and set like tournament goals. And with coach, we, we have this thing where we set up goals weekly and we do, when we travel, we do goals also for the tournament. Yeah, no, I look, Laura, I understand that. However, that's the second time that you came in second at that exact same tournament in the Johnny Imes. Now look, do you think that you can guarantee us exclusivity that you are going to win the Johnny Imes as a junior going in? Definitely, yes. You are. <laughs> I like that. Yes. Look, you are a champion, Laura, and you need to represent FGCU as a champion that you are. Anyways, I agree. so I agree. Laura, tell us about what the average day is for an elite collegiate athlete. Um. Well, I started. Um, on a regular season, I'm going to tell it because now it's kind of weird. But um, we usually do workouts from 6 to 7. So I wake up 5.15, get ready. I get at the gym like at 5.50, warm up, um, start my workout, finish around 7. Um, I get back to my apartment, shower, get to class. Um, usually they go till 12, 1. And I come back to my dorm, have something to eat, go to practice from 2.30 to 5.30. Usually we tend to go um, 30 minutes, an hour earlier to just practice on whatever we need to practice. Um, We finish practice. Sometimes we do, um, we work on whatever we need to work. There's some other days that coach set up um, drills to do. Um, some other days that we just go out to the golf course and if the weather allows us to play, we play nine or 18. And then we, I come back, shower again, uh, go to study hall uh, to study for a bit. And whenever I'm done for the day studying and I come back home, have dinner and go to bed around 11, 12. That's my day. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty sad schedule. Um, yeah, definitely, yes. <laughs> what, what are your goals after college? Uh, to be honest, I am, I mean, between things, uh, I might turn pro just depending on how these years go. Um, it just like depends on how I'm playing. 
but definitely get a degree, um, work. But yeah, mainly just like focusing on golf and uh, trying to see if I can get pro. Look, at chase, chase your dreams. We're, yeah. we're we're big believers in that, and we believe in you, Laura. Um, is there anything else that you would like us to know? Uh, maybe your outlook going into the season, uh, going into spring and everything? Um, well, as I said before, we're trying to kind of, everyone is trying to figure out how practice are going to work. Um, workouts is kind of weird. As I told you, we have like half of the time that we usually have for workouts and practice. Um, and my schedule this semester is all over the day. So it's weird for me too. Um, but we definitely like want to practice and have as much time as we can and focus so we can get a good start on the spring. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, just wondering, what was the hardest thing for you moving from Argentina all the way to the United States? Mm, everything, to be honest. <laughs> uh, from Culture shock. leaving my family, my friends, to food. Food is something uh, we we eat so much different from what here they're used to and and even like school wise um i did my last eight months of high school here and i went from eight to two and in argentina i went from seven till four thirty all together okay and um what would you say is the best florida meal you've had so far I, I I don't know. Honestly, to be honest, I don't oh know. Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> Not the seafood, maybe like no oysters. I really, no, I really like sushi. Sushi, sushi, sushi. Sushi's everywhere is good. <laughs> All right. Well, look, Laura. If you have any plugs you want to say, uh, or anything else you want to say to the audience, feel free. Um. Well, speaking of an athletic part of thing. I feel that um, playing as being an athlete, um, well, here at FGCU and I believe everywhere, um, it's it's such a great experience. And um, I, I feel, I, I didn't graduate yet, but I feel that this two years that I, that I went through, every moment you, you, every moment you go through, you're gonna, uh, memorize it for the rest of your life. Um, so something I can say is just like, do whatever you want to do in the best way. So um, as an athlete, I just say like, if you need to practice, go and practice. If you need to um, work out more days, just go and work out. Just do like the best uh, for you and also for your teammates. Um, Laura, thank you so much for being our guest today. Um, other than that, you have a wonderful day. Thank you for being on, okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, David, and I'd like to ask who are your winners and losers for this week in sports? So, first of all, I'm going to go ahead and take the Kansas City Chiefs as my winners. They got the best quarterback. They got the best offense. They got the best coaching staff. Uh, I'm really honestly predicting them to go undefeated and probably the first uh, modern era perfect team now, the only reason that uh, I might have a little bit of apprehension on that is 
because of teams like Baltimore. Uh, let's see in the NFC. I could see the Packers making a good run for it. I don't. I don't think the 49ers are going to be what they were last year. No, definitely not. But uh, I think it's going to be a good shakeup. But at the end of the day, the the Kansas City Chiefs they proved that they are absolutely deadly, and I would not ever take the foot off the pedal if I was playing the Kansas City Chiefs. That's interesting. I'd say the Seahawks are going to be competition. The Saints, yeah, maybe even um, maybe even the Ravens, of course, with Lamar Jackson, but. Interesting, interesting. Um, my winner this week would have to be Naomi Osaka. Uh, she's like 18 years old, won the U.S. Open at such a young age. USA, baby. She was <laughs> she was fighting for a movement at the same time. Um, she was supporting the Black Lives Matter with all different masks and all the different names. And she was paying her tribute to Kobe with wearing his jersey after every performance. And your loser for this week? My loser is going to go ahead and be the Browns. Look, at the end of the day, they got exposed for what they are. They're frauds. They're pretenders. I don't trust them for anything, especially Baker Mayfield. Uh, I don't like Odell Beckham. I think he's overrated. Jarvis Landry's all right, but he's getting a lot of the looks and touches taken away from him by Odell. And I think their backfield situation is kind of not one you want to have. I think they're, they would be better off having one clear back instead of trying to split carries between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, my loser this week is going to have to be the Clippers. Um, the legacy of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Doc Rivers is all going to be kind of meh, considering that they just choked one of the biggest uh, Game 7s ever. I think that Doc, his record is going to be kind of blemished because he has a lot of Game 7 chokes himself. Um, and the Clippers still have never made it to a Western Conference Finals. So um, that's going to be my loser for this week for sure. And do you have anything else you want to say? Nah, man. Nah? All right. Go Heat. Subjects in seven, baby. Subjects in seven. Oh, my goodness. But, uh, all right, this has been the Daily Dunk, and we're rolling out. Roll out. Three nights at the motel Under street lights in the city of palms Call me what you want when you want if you want